Let's see if I'm uh, properly amplified. Can everybody hear me? Okay, if you can, I'll just amplify myself a little more. My name's Jim. I'm an addict. And uh, I usually say before I do talks, I, I spent some time trying to turn this over, and, and I've done the best that I can. I hope I've done a good job letting go of it. Uh, praying for, for this power greater than myself to relieve me of enough self-will and ego that I can be used as an instrument. So if anything that I say offends you, don't blame me. If you like anything you hear me say, don't blame me either. What my fault. I just joined. I just participated. What we're talking about, any of you could have been involved in where you hear that, it doesn't matter. And one of the things that I learned in my, my involvement in the literature movement is that it doesn't matter who sits around the table. The same set of, of principles, the same voices happen. doesn't matter the personalities on them. If there's something important going to happen in any service, and the service committee is open and participatory and anybody can come who wants to, then the same thing is going to happen no matter who shows up. The only critical deal is open and participatory. Because when we don't do that, we, we shut down part of the voice of that loving God. When we put credentials on it, we limit the, the voice of our higher power. Now, everybody who's been up here has told a little bit of their story, and I'm going to tell a little bit of my story, because to understand what I have to say and what happened to me, you need to know where I came from. And um, when I came to my first Narcotics Anonymous meeting, which just coincidentally happened to be the only one between Philadelphia and Milwaukee, the only one available. When I came to that meeting, I didn't know what y'all were talking about. I went to meetings every day. I tried to get clean. I've been through treatment. But I was burdened with this ability to understand the language. And y'all told me I needed to believe I was powerless over drugs. Powerless over alcohol and other drugs. And if I was powerless over drugs, there wasn't any hope. They could force themselves on me. I was powerless. What any hope for me? I wanted what you had so desperately, but you told me I had to believe I was powerless over drugs, powerless over alcohol and other drugs, in order to get it, in order to have it. I had to believe a lie. Couldn't be true. You know, and, and I gravitated around for about nine months, kept going back to that one enemy every week. And every time they read the first step out of the little white book, it sounded just the same to me. Because nobody told me. Nobody was there. The message in Narcotics Anonymous wasn't really being shared by the fellowship. Fellowship was there. They loved me. They, they showed me a way of life that, that, that I yearned for. And I, I, I was drawn back. Meeting after meeting, week after week, time after time, to that group of folks. Now, we've heard an awful lot about the history of the fellowship in Narcotics Anonymous. I'm going to talk about the history of the program of Narcotics Anonymous. I don't know when it started. I don't know who founded it. 
But I know what happened. That person read with men who were powerless over addiction and realized that meant something different than drugs. And then never after that compromised on that principle, on that idea. I'm not sure what happened. And I'm not sure who it happened to. And it doesn't make a bit of difference. It doesn't matter at all. I got clean because that idea descended around me in an NA meeting and I realized that I was powerless over this disease, this thing that caused me to use time and time and time again against my will, against logic, against my, my desire to survive. Powerless over the cause, not the symptom. And, and the only place I could ever heard that was Narcotics Anonymous meeting. It's the only place that has ever talked about that. Now, there's a lot of other places to talk around it. And, and good for them. But we talk about it directly. I participated. I was taught wherever there's something going on for narcotics as you go. We went miles and miles and miles. Now, I heard a lot of people say, wish it was that way again, and I do too. Uh, more because the, those trips, the, the, what I got at those trips and what I was able to get, give. You know, and what I didn't realize at first was they said, you've got to give it away in order to keep it. Yeah, you know what, you've got to give it away in order to get it. Got to give it away in order to get it. Uh, those trips were were really important because I got to give and receive. First thing that happened for Narcotics Anonymous was it was on a poster on the wall in my treatment center where I went to. You know, 1979, uh, uh, the the World Convention of NA in in Atlanta, Georgia, and, and, and I went down there and. I was expecting to find N.A. I was going to Mecca. I was making the wonderful trip to where this thing was going to be, and, and I went to some people's AA convention. Everybody stood at the podium and talked about being clean and sober, addict, alcoholics. I felt ripped off. I mean, I felt ripped off. I brought it in the hallway, and I learned that's where you get it, at these conferences, at conventions, I got it in the hallway. I, I, I got together with the winners, and, and the winners draw you to them. They're, they're, they're passionate. They're loving. They're caring. They accept you. You ask them a question, and, 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 and it's like you turn a switch. You know, I heard a story about Bo. When Ed got clean, Bo sat with him for three days, I guess, and held his hand. I believe that, for 30 hours, it doesn't make a bit of difference. We care about one another. When somebody opens and, 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 and I don't want anybody to get the idea that I don't appreciate the fellowship. I do. I love it. I, I love the fellowship desperately. And I had to get most of what I got from other people. But I had to get it also from stuff that was written down, from stuff that was concrete and clear to me. And, and you know, I always believed in, in this, the, just the black print in a little white book, just what it actually said. And, 
after that convention where I felt ripped off, I went to a, a meeting at, at, at a clubhouse, and that meeting at the clubhouse had a speaker from California that was a hardcore NA member, never said the word sober, never said the word alcoholic, said he was clean, said he was recovering, talked about working the steps. Wasn't a, a, an accomplished uh, uh, speaker and, and, and impressed me. And right afterwards, they were having a little bit of a meeting in the, in the clubhouse, and I just walked in with everybody else, and, and it was a whole bunch of winners. And I sat there in that meeting, and after a while I realized it was this impromptu meeting of the World Service Conference. <laughs> and this big old guy in big overalls put his arm around me and, and it, it told me, <laughs> we'll talk about that later, <laughs> whatever it was. Right afterwards, I went over to Bo's house right next door and they gave me a tree and on the way home we, we developed an area service committee that's now turned into two regions and we talked about making some commitments absolute commitments to Narcotics Anonymous also I learned there you know like we told each other all the time work with staff or no no we told each other don't use it. Go to meetings and everything will be all right. And, and I learned there one more thing. I learned that it was okay to hug a man, even if he wasn't your grandpa. And, and I learned, work the steps or die. Oh, really? I would just say that. Work the steps or die, motherfucker. Work the steps or die. And it made it okay for me to go ahead and work the steps. I didn't have to. I didn't have to join the step of the month club. I, I, I just, you know. I mean, believe me, that couldn't have done for me because I went from my dealer to his dealer to his dealer to her dealer to get the best stuff as quick as I could. And I went from step to step to step to get as much recovery as I could. I don't think there's a wrong way to do them. Next thing that happened for Narcotics Anonymous was the World Service Conference. We didn't have a lot of stuff going on then, you know. The next thing was the World Service Conference, and I, I had, uh, I worked for myself, so I could make as much money as I was willing to work for, and, and then spend it however I wanted to, and I got to go to the World Service Conference because of that. As the alternate, my sponsor, who didn't know he was my sponsor, because I'd never really asked him, but I emulated his every move, uh, was the ref. And he got to talk at the conference, and I didn't, and I was way smarter than him. <laughs> it was really frustrating. I had so much I wanted to share, so much I wanted to give, so much I wanted to be a part of, and I couldn't talk. It was more than that. I was up, I was up to step ten. I told my sponsor on the way there that I'd been talking about him behind his back. You know how we all stand on the shoulders of people and, and look down on them? And, and I'd done my first tenth step. I admitted I was wrong about that. And, and he told me it didn't matter. And I couldn't say anything, but others hadn't said worse. And other things like that. And I sat at that conference. Everybody stood up and was... I mean, I was really in Mecca now. I was in California where NA is supposed to be the, the epitome of our fellowship. 
everybody was an addict and an alcoholic and, and, and clean and sober. And, and I thought that everything that my recovery, my, my very cleanliness was built on had to be false. And more than that, I thought that this thing was never going to grow any further than being a backdoor into AA. It seemed like that's what they believed in. Now, I had a lot of them wrong, and I don't want you to get the idea that I think they really believed in that. It just, they seemed to I never heard this thing that, that, that Sally talked about, about, you know, that some of them, you know, didn't, didn't know about alcohol being a drug. And, and the staying sober was about staying clean. Anyway, doesn't matter. I thought it was all down the toilet and my recovery was over and the fellowship was never going to be anything but nothing. And I was totally despondent. I mean, put yourself in that place. It's all going to be gone and my dreams are dead. I, I, I was despondent. I'd never been to the Pacific Ocean, so I went out on the shore of the Pacific Ocean. It was a 40-degree day. I'm from Ohio. That was great. Nobody else was there. The waves beat up on the shore. And I'm thinking, woe is me. What was this fellowship? Nothing's going to ever be. And the waves beat up on the shore. And gradually, as the waves beat up on the shore, and that rhythmic, rhythmic pattern, my fear and, and, and my uh, anxiety drained away. And this power greater than myself came into my head, came into my gut, came into my soul and said, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And uh, the 11th step had got me. And I went back to the conference and, and I went to the subcommittees where at that point in time, anybody could participate and say all they wanted to. <laughs> and I talked a lot. And I happened to go to the literature subcommittee meeting because that's what I really liked. Because I, I, I was a writer and, and I wanted to share. And, and I got to be a part of it. That was very important. I went home and I started getting these letters. Actually, I probably started getting them ahead of time. The big one that I remember is... The guilt trip. You are the book. You're the only book that somebody's ever going to read unless you write down your story and send it in. We're never going to have one. And and they've been talking about these literature conferences, and finally I got a chance to go to one. I went to the third one. They thought I went to the first and the second one because I'd signed up for them. They sent me the minutes just as if I'd been there. And for a long time, I didn't tell anybody I didn't go. But... I hadn't been there. I went to the third one. And, and at these literature conferences, we sat and, and, and talked in a big group periodically, and then we'd split up and do editing and, and, and uh, drafting. And, uh, but at one of those big meetings, everybody went around the room and said why they were there. They introduced themselves, told them about themselves, and said why, why they were there. And every person was different. One was an addict alcoholic, another one was a cross addicted junkie, another one was this, that, or something else. And it got around to me, and as passionate and uh, tight lipped as I am, I said, 
How do you guys propose to write a book? You don't even know who in the hell you are. You know. And, and at that point in time, during that conference, in spite of people like me who were up in your face about it as much as because of it, uh, the philosophy that is Narcotics Anonymous was drafted onto paper for the first time. The idea in writing of powerlessness over the disease exclusively, irrespective of the symptoms. And you know, once you admit and accept powerlessness over the disease, over the cause of the symptoms, you're no longer focused on the symptoms. Uh, you no longer need to talk about them unless you've got some kind of personal agenda. Um, and it was a wonderful thing for a number of reasons, and, and, and the biggest reason is that the results were so much more than the sum of our intellectual and uh, physical parts. The, everybody who's anybody in NA, everybody who's alive in NA today, and, and everybody who ever will be alive in NA, and everybody who died uh, a seeking recovery, in my opinion, was there through this love and higher power. Now, we weren't good filters for all that. We, we put a lot of our own stuff in there. And that got in the way of the spiritual stuff. But we prayed regular and we did our best. And we went from there to Santa Monica. Santa Monica was really cool. We were taking the, the literature movement to California, and that, that was really exciting to us. We sent out the great review form, and Sally thought it was trash, and, and, and it was. A, and, and, and we asked for input in local literature committees around the fellowship that didn't know that we're not supposed to have a book sat down and wrote and, and participated and sent in input and some of them wanted it published just the way it was and some of them wanted it completely rewritten by, by professional writers and everybody sent in stuff. And we sat down at, at Santa Monica and then again at Warren and then again at, at Miami and, and we were completely and totally to the very best of our human ability uh, loyal to every tiny little bit of input, and that's who it came from, where it came from, or how it came to us. And I believe every bit of input is in the book somehow. Um, when it was, it was drafted, we got back together again in, in Memphis after it was drafted in its final form and we distributed it. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention, I've got some numbers here. Uh, Right after Memphis, we distributed it to every registered NA group in the world. There were 600 of them. From 1953 to 1981, the fellowship resulted in NA growing from zero to 600. During the year 1981, in the next nine months between the distribution of the gray review form and the distribution of the approval form, the program made the fellowship almost three times that low. And the program has made the fellowship 
grow as it's grown so far. Now, that's not to discount the fellowship. But the program's what's made the growth of Narcotics Anonymous. And, and evidence of the program is our basic test in writing. And the concept of powerlessness over the disease, not any one or even all of the symptoms. I have a passion for the written word and for sharing and giving away what I've had so I could keep it and get some more. Um, in 81, I went as a representative from the state of Ohio. I wasn't really a region, so I wasn't really an RSR. I was a representative from the groups in Ohio for the World Service Conference. And one of the items of agenda that I had to input was that we have a newsletter, a magazine, something happening for NA every month that comes out to people because we're far flung. And we've seen letters from Greg and, and, and the voice was a wonderful thing. Came out three or four times during our fellowship's history. And, and the conference pretty much rejected that idea. Now, I think the reason that we had tremendous growth in Narcotics Anonymous I think very passionately that the reason was because we didn't limit the voice of God. Anybody who wanted to participate could participate in, in a full and complete fashion any time that they wanted to. There wasn't any credentials required to be a member of the committee. Uh, any committee at the world level, the level that, that made NA for the rest of us, and if you were passionate about it, you could go and participate and be a part of it as much as you wanted to. As a matter of fact, if you were passionate about an issue, you could go and input as a member of the World Service Conference. There was a structural frame of reference for open participation. And that structural frame of reference, because I'm afflicted with this ability to read the English language, I utilized. I utilized. My personal utilization as, as, as a member with a mission from the people that I serve resulted in, anyway, magazine, we'll talk about that in a minute, resulted in the first set of uh, guidelines for public information committee, resulted in the H&I handbook and, and, and its original form of and resulted in quite a bit of input that was subject subsequently rejected by the policy committee. I think that that is so important. It doesn't make me special. It doesn't make me special. It makes the frame of reference in, in, in the structure special. Because the grassroots could swell up and have their voice heard at the broadest service level. And services were then responsive to members and groups. And, and perhaps a great deal more directly responsible. I'll submit that they were a great deal more direct. I'll submit that they were directly responsible in our <laughs> Services had the frame reference for individual members and groups to participate. And, 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 that allowed us to write a motion that they didn't know what to do with. <laughs> we wrote a motion that, that the World Service Conference created a new subcommittee to, 
to uh, administer the publishing of the monthly magazine for recovery from addiction in the NA web. Now, it had been distributed to all the groups in the fellowship, and, and uh, the groups had overwhelmingly voted yes for it, but the conference didn't know where to put it. Eventually, after doing their best not address it, why they addressed it in task and we had a new subcommittee. The first from the history in the beginning, new subcommittee of the World Service Conference, where the fellowship could directly participate in writing a monthly magazine and distribute it to the rest of the fellowship, to themselves. And with a couple other people, I got elected chair of that and, and essentially took the editorial role, and we took it on the road, and we did it in Michigan, and we did it in Georgia, and we did it in Wisconsin, and we did it in Pennsylvania, and we got together and had little micro literature conferences to write articles and to share them out with people. And if you wrote me a note on a little piece of paper, it became an article in any way. If you wrote me a letter, how I got acquainted with my wife about what was going on negative in my local fellowship that became an article in the way. And it was a neat thing. Um, our little, uh, our groups in northern Columbiana County have two things that we do every year. In the middle of winter, when it's dreary and, and horrible, we have a 12-step retreat. A weekend at a convention site where all we do is talk about the steps. In the summer, and it's next year, it's going to be in the fall, early fall, we have a, a traditions and history workshop. We did a CD, burn a CD, that's got the review form, not in optical character recognition, but rather just pictures of the review form in its original form. Pictures of all the service manuals up through the green one, in their original form. Uh, the first year's worth of anyways in their original form, anybody who wants one, I'll give you one. Uh, I get, yeah, I'm offended when I see gray books bringing $5,000. Now, now I, I know that most of it's people contributing to a cause, and I'm not offended by that at all. But as a matter of, of, of supply and demand, I want everybody to have this because it was free and it's always supposed to have been free. Now, the literature folks, the people that wrote your book, wanted the book to be a growing, developing entity that never closed down and never changed. I'm not, no, I'm sorry. The opposite of that. Always changed. Changed with us as we grew and developed and it became something completely different. When the service structure shut down, the service structure shut down, and in, in the middle 80s, we started getting letters. They started out as something called the Fellowship Report to inform the fellowship, and they ended up being something completely different than that, in my opinion. Uh, we started to hear about things like uh, groups are complaining about having to do all these group conscious things, and, and, and why can't you just trust your trusted servants and give them a vote of confidence so they can come out here to California and give the truth and vote the right way for you? Well, that's what happened. We gave up. We surrendered as members and groups in Narcotics Anonymous our, our control over our services and, and gave it over to 
representatives and maybe they're doing the right thing, maybe they're not. We don't know because the questions don't come to us anymore. Greg talked about it when he wrote the original draft of, of the traditions, in the night tradition, how we just say, you do it. You do it. It bothers me too much to think about it. No. And, and I was sharing with Sally earlier, I think a whole lot of the recent literature has been written by people with credentials for us poor suffering addicts rather than written by addicts for addicts. Maybe those credential people are addicts. But I'll tell you what, when I went to Charlotte to a meeting of the World Service Conference Literature Committee, Bo was chairman for two years, I was chairman for two weeks. We both were actively involved in helping to write the book, and we sat down at the literature committee meeting, and, and we had some good input. They wouldn't let us talk. They wouldn't let us participate. Not sure of fellowship service today. I think the history of the program started when the first person discovered that they were powerless over the cause rather than symptoms, and then carried that on to someone they sponsored, and then someone they sponsored. Maybe that first person's still alive today. Maybe it's Greg and he's dead. And, and, and maybe it's somebody else. I don't know, and I don't really care. You know, but we focus a whole lot on what happens before that original 600, and then away from all the good and all the bad we can learn about what happened when this thing that's caused this stupendous growth in Narcotics Anonymous happened. I think we need to study it. I think we need to study it in depth. Uh, nobody's hauled up any signs, so I must be way ahead of my time frame, which is good. Uh, my vision for Narcotics Anonymous is that the fellowship takes its services back. Without anybody dying. I, I love everyone who is a member of Narcotics Anonymous. Just because you say you're a sober alcoholic doesn't mean that you're not a member of Narcotics Anonymous. You're a member when you say you are. You're just somebody I don't want to go to to get recovery from addiction because you don't understand. You don't understand about recovery from addiction. When you surrender to the concept of being powerless over the disease, you don't need to say those kind of things except out of anxiety or out of resentment or out of something like that. You just don't need to. The whole substance thing becomes yesterday's news. To me, the mission of public information in Narcotics Anonymous will be realized when the words alcoholic and alcoholism are out of the language in the United States and perhaps beyond. i got ten minutes left. Uh, do I get to take questions? I don't want to take questions. Scares the crap out of me, but I will. <laughs> oh, my vision is a fellowship that is based in the grassroots where groups and members make all the decisions 
And the service bulletin committee was hard to responsible for those they served. That's my vision for my products and lives. That's what allowed the book to occur. And that's what will allow this fellowship to achieve its destiny. And as long as things stand in the way of that, it can't. Because we've muddled God. Any questions? Well, let's clean up. Bring me the mic. Good. Bye. <laughs>